Table Talk is not your typical D&D TTRPG podcast. We are not here to run you through our whole campaign. We're here to talk about everything else in the space of Table Talk. I'm your host, Alejandra Wilhelm. And I'm also your host, Mariah Gresham. And we're your tabletop roleplay girlies. Alrighty, and we are live back at it with another episode of Table Talk. Thank you so much for coming back to join us for a really awesome guest episode where I'm really excited. Please give us a little introduction about yourself and what you do and where people can find you. Hi, everybody. My name is Trevor William Fail. I am the Critical Fail DM, and I and a cadre of goons produce all sorts of TTRPG content. We're most well known for our Curse of Strahd podcast, The Strahdcast, but we also do uh, all sorts of stuff. We do streams on Twitch uh, and all kinds of other stuff. So if you like gut-wrenching narrative and scares and spooks and laughs and joy, come check us out. We we have a lot of fun. You can find us at Critical Fail DM. That's F-A-Y-L-E. DM uh, pretty much everywhere. TikTok, Twitter, anywhere. And you can find our podcast anywhere podcasts are sold. Which nice. I cannot like express enough the joy that I get from watching you act out as Strahd. It's uh, so we've good. mentioned it before, um, but I think me and Mariah used to both be in a in a Curse of Strahd campaign, and we yeah. had to. Well, we were in a ra- we were in a Ravenloft campaign, Ravenloft well, Curse yeah. of Strahd, but mm-hmm. Strahd was like the bit the BBG present. So there. yeah, your Curse of Strahd campaign has been our like little Strahd reclamation moment. Oh, <laughs> just, like a pure it's the way that we get the good good yeah. of the scary <laughs> scary man. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. a bad man. He's a bad man. He's he's a he's a bad man. But you, bad you play man, him Savannah. so well. Thank um, you. And I've mentioned this before with you privately, but for the purposes of the air, you do something that I really admire in the sense of you use the space and you it, you can tell that you are very comfortable with your players because you even go that kind of extra step to like when you're Curse of Strahd, like you'll casually like place your arm on their shoulder and like the way that sends like things to my Ooh. brain as a player, I'm like, I would shit myself <laughs> in my <laughs> I want yeah. to, I have plans to do that in our VTM campaign with some of like the elder mm-hmm. vampire kindred from watching that. If I'm like, yes, yes. Oh, that's awesome. Sure. Yeah. Fun. Well, I wanted to do something to sort of, I mean, he is, he is the, 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 the title character of the module. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time, you know, they had run into him a couple of times earlier in the campaign. But you know that first fight that you have with Strahd is kind of just him flexing and 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 yeah, putting him in their it's place. Not it's a not fight. really tossing you around. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. He just he, he's no. playing with his food, so to speak. So that was the first time they came up with a, uh, up against him. And you know, like the whole through line of Curse of Strahd, or, uh, like what I like to kind of try and build is that you're really like eroding away his power base and bringing hope and and prosperity back to the people. And as they get better and and happier he gets weaker right because his his power in the place is 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 kind of hinges upon him being able to subjugate everyone there and so it was the first time he came up against the party where he was like you know he recognized them as a threat and that maybe not to him but certainly to the his way of life in barovia and so he he was he he was pretty angry on that particular occasion so i thought it would be to, what a cool way to illustrate that um mm-hmm. but to get up and like loom physically over them in the way that I um, try to imagine Strahd does to yeah. so many of his of his playthings. 
Yeah. So it's yeah, such a that cool, was a fun moment. It's such a cool way to, I guess, like break that rule or the bound, the the silent rule of like the DM stays behind the screen and just facilitates. Mm-hmm. And then when it's that like 4D moment of like, nope, now we're in it. Now we're in it. And Strahd is yeah. standing behind me. Uh-huh. I'm like scared. Well, what else could happen? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like for immersion's sake, it, it does something else when it's like, you're like, oh, the voice is coming from behind me that I hear with my human ears. And it wasn't just described as it's coming from behind my character. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. there's a difference when your friend's just like head is on your shoulder. Like it's a real it's it's a real strength of the medium. I think it's one of the the, the real strengths of Dungeons and Dragons, provided you're you're playing in person, of course. But it's one of the reasons that I mean I, I I'm a, a a stage actor uh, for my for from for a living, such as it is. And, and you know something that I talk about a lot in that arena is you know the thing that offers that that theater provides that other you know sort of entertainment media can't is is being in a room with someone right mm-hmm. and so i always advocate for shows or direction in uh, on the stage that really leans in and takes advantage of that medium and I, and my philosophy is same for for dungeons and dragons like if you're in a room with your pals you know what are the ways that you can take advantage of that to really heighten the experience for everybody yeah we're we're huge in-person game people because mm-hmm. we me and mariah both we have our online games and those are all well and good but that's the difference between when me and mariah will play for like a set three hours on an online game versus our in-person games that will run the entire just, day yeah. because yeah. we're all you lose so time in it of course um, yeah it's tough it's tough virtually you know I, I feel like you have to do double the work for like half the impact especially as a dm yeah. It's mm-hmm. challenging, but you know, uh, in a pinch, it's certainly better It'll than not you. playing It's D&D, like an yeah. so. <laughs> slow IV drip to get yep. you to the next meal. Uh-huh, for sure, <laughs> yep. for sure. Yeah, it's funny, like, what, as we've been on more streams and stuff, because I've kind of found a midpoint with it. I think because I view the streams as a performance. Definitely, So I yeah. bring mm-hmm. more of what, of like how I would play in person. Mm-hmm. Then when I'm not like, especially if like you don't have cameras on and you're mm-hmm. playing online and it's like, okay, the neuro, the neurodivergent temptation to not open another tab is yeah. so strong. <laughs> it's a lure just be- beckons you <laughs> away. Calling to you. And you know, yeah. you're just, you know, you're just going like, to I know I got emails in there. Time, but <laughs> I know there's some things I need to delete. Like it's uh-huh. so hard. But yeah. when it's a, a stream performance, it's been easier to it's still not quite the same but it's easier to lock in to a modified version for sure i totally feel that yeah we do a lot of streams on twitch we've done uh, our our most recent one is we did over the holidays we did a very humble holiday where we actually played uh humblewood i don't know it's a it's a setting book yeah i saw that yeah which uses 5e rules but you're playing like pigeons and rabbits and deer and stuff like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it was really fun so we were all like everybody was animals in new york but yeah uh the the streaming certainly like you like you said mariah definitely like it has that active live energy that can that can really carry you through a lot of stuff and is really exciting for sure yeah and this will be both mine and mariah's first actual play that will be like streamed um, Congratulations! And, That's so exciting. Yeah, so yeah. we're we're very excited. I'm thankful I'm not the GM because I don't have the the strength nor the time to plan that. <laughs> but I will <laughs> surely show up. <laughs> and yeah, and, oh, I will happily show team. up and do my thing. But yeah, no, I ooh, I don't know that I could 
GM online. I do not know that I have it. You know, those memes where it's like, I have that dog in me, but the dog is like a dog, like a skinny dog in a nervous vest. I feel like it's that's me toward like DMing online. Like, I do not have the required dog in me <laughs> to like do that and not like have a complex because it's like it's anxiety inducing enough to be like, are people having fun? Am I doing it right? Is everyone engaged? Am I like spreading time equally? And then to be like, oh, cool. Now there's a layer of technology between us. Mm -mm. Sure. What I have found helpful in doing it virtually is again, like I was talking about, just more leaning into what is unique uh, to that, that experience. So when, when I do, uh, when I, when we stream online and I'm GMing, I did death house, the Halloween before last, you know, which is meant to be sort of the introductory dungeon of curse of Strahd, but I always just skip it because it's, it's way too hard. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. That's kind of the point. It's the scared straight entry to like curse of Mm -hmm. Strahd where it's like, are you sure you want this? one and then if you're a masochist and it's like all right chief go for it yeah (laughs) yeah but i dm through that one and i found it really helpful to take full advantage of like roll 20 and digital maps in that uh, arena which is something that i do a a little bit less of in person so i don't know kind of using that uh, that extra tool and really relying on it and leaning into it it changes the experience and and janitor suits it to the to just what the medium is more suited to i suppose yeah, and I think there's also like an interesting in between that we recently experienced. We I'm gonna plug somebody else here. Crit Eating Grin invited us to come play, um, Fun. and they did a really good blend because they had in person players at the table and then us like mm. to like you oh know, great tuning in from a from a screen, screen and like he had uh you know the streaming of the of the table as well as roll roll twenty going up, um and he had like the actual map on roll 20 and the table. And then he had physical props that he would put down. That's great. And like that was reflected on roll 20 and where oh, the wow. went physically was also happening on roll 20. And I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> like yeah. Every time he brought some new physical thing out, like a building or a ship or whatever, yeah, we were like ship. as invested on both screens being like, oh, I That's love amazing. that. It's like, like one to one scale. Down. And I was like, the effort? that that took now that you're on the production side of things i was like yeah after this whole show i was like what the fuck (laughs) like how how do you do this and he's like i just want to make it enjoyable for everyone i have a lot of respect i have a lot of respect for that that is that i think that is the 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 arena of my dming that that i feel weakest in is is just Mm -hmm. the like the technology of it all i still use paper character sheets like (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) but that's what you know part of the part of the the great thing about this you know this venture this this dnd content creation journey is is just sort of being forced into the situation where you have to learn new things you know Mm, um yeah yeah i mean we're we're so lucky we are such a a a talented group of people and all like in different areas you know like Kay Kay is a a a real whiz with computers she's a programmer in real life uh yeah campbell and i are both trained actors as is ned and ned also you know is a woodworker and tyler is a brewer and so we have all of these different skills that yeah, I know. When, once we all come together, we're like just like a real D and D party. We all, you know, we have our uh, proficiencies in different places. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're a really, truth. we're a really meta real life friend group. <laughs> Incredible. We're have y'all, have y'all known each other for a really long time, or like when did y'all all start at playing? 
Great question. Yeah, uh, it was actually over the pandemic um, mm. where we really started does. playing in full, f like so many people. I, I, I know that the, <laughs> the the pandemic was a huge time where a lot of people got into D&D, &D, if not for the first time, like developed the habit, I guess you could call yeah. it. <laughs> but yeah, we uh, I, I DM'd my first campaign, which also was Curse of Strahd during the pandemic. And so then once once we kind of started beginning to come out of it, I put forward, you know, doing doing this Curse of again because I loved it so much the first time. And I had a lot of new ideas for like things I could change and expand upon. So I was so excited to do it with this new group of people. Um, and we got Campbell on board and uh, <laughs> uh, which was really exciting because it's her, her first ever uh, D and D campaign, and like, what an experience for her coming into it. That's a fun one. But yeah, we all met. Uh, a, a lot of us were were stage actors. Kay did it for for Kay and Ned did it for a time. Campbell and I still do so, and so that's generally how all of us met was uh, through acting gigs. Ned and I met for the first time doing scenes from uh, doing like Shakespeare scenes in Longwood Gardens, which is this huge arboretum. Uh, yeah, you know, what so we were like what shakes what Shakespeare play. I was doing ones I did. He did a he did a Macker scene and a oh, my God, what was the one? What's the one with Kenneth Branagh? Uh, Taming of the Shrew. And then I was doing scenes from Romeo and Juliet and classic, classic. can't remember the other one. But yeah, classic. that's how we all met. Yeah. And then, yeah, we just started playing this this campaign together. And, you know, the rest, as they say, is is history. But is now history. we're all. Yeah. Now we're we've also it, it, playing the game has also bound us together in a in a in a really incredible way that, you know, might not have happened otherwise, you know? I love that. I love that. Yeah, you guys have a very good, like, palpable dynamic together mm -hmm. at a table, especially, like, in, in all the videos that I see and, like, listening to a couple of your episodes. It's the di the dynamic between the people is so important to yeah. telling yeah. those really, like, engaging quality stories. And y'all definitely have that 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 magic in there. Yeah. Yeah, we love each other, you know. And and <laughs> you know, it's be because uh, uh, you know, the it's it's so critical to have that sort of safety and trust at a table if you want to do oh, yeah. the kind of vulnerable work that I think makes D&D really really worthwhile. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and so yeah, I feel I feel I feel so lucky to 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 have this crew, to have this group. I we're a, just a really powerful real life D&D party and I I, I count my lucky stars. Yeah, it's how we it's how we feel a lot about our own table because we had a very similar come up of like me and Mariah met just before the pandemic and then our group had to like kind of disband because of like outside reasons. Then the pandemic was like in full swing of like you can't meet in person and we were like, well, yeah. shit. <laughs> but then through the course of the years, we we've come to have like our our core group. And it is that like we have a lot of safety and vulnerability there. And we've been playing Strixhaven. I started DMing like a full year ago. So we've just had like our, our anniversary with it. Nice. And when we we've recorded all our sessions and we've talked about possibly publishing it because it is a really good story. But then we all kind of had that moment of like, I love the dynamic that we have and how vulnerable and how raw we get at that table. And I feel like that would change with the element of now it's being perceived <laughs> by the public. And I don't want to like change that good yeah. energy that we have in there so which is why we're like planning on doing a whole different situation for an actual play because they're mm -hmm. all in that same vein of like hey if we start it with the idea of this is going to be consumed by someone then that's fully right. down yeah fully yeah. down mm -hmm. and i think um, also like 
for I'll speak for myself, but I think it's true like for everyone on some level. Like I had a very hard time after we sort of broke away from that Ravenloft campaign that like the campaign got quite toxic. People's friendships with people got quite toxic. And so it was, it was a mess. But legitimately, like I wanted to play when Ollie started Strixhaven, but it took me months to put together a character that I like could even come to the table and feel anything about because I was so disenchanted with the whole thing. Sure. Yeah. And so yeah. like for me, especially of I'm like, even we talked about like Ollie has her DM counsel that can like weigh in. And we talked about like letting them listen. And I'm like, I kind of don't want to, I'm like, <laughs> they can listen to the recordings, but I'm like the second I know someone is watching this, it changes it for me and Mm -hmm. like because it was that safe place for all of us to kind of rediscover the love for this hobby Mm -hmm. like i i want to keep that and then also like the recording it's not a studio recording it's one like it's a single condenser mic and a drink hanging from my fucking all his mom is washing dishes (laughs) in the background like her dad is coming in and announcing he's gonna grab a coat and then walking back out of the house with no words like there we have like random ass bits and really it's it's a little bit of a mess like they're funny to listen back on Uh but also like as a writer i'm like my our dream for it especially my dream for it would be to turn into an animated series Sure, but I'm like, course. let me just get in there and clean everything up and like <laughs> write it into my nice little script. And then we can like re-record it. Take out the random 30-minute conversation about how hot this NPC is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a big part of the table culture is talking about how hot it because everyone's hot yeah. in D&D. That's part of the fun. 90% <laughs> of my prep, just finding NPC art. Truly, truly. That is hot enough for these girls. Yeah. Not an ugly person in that campaign. Too true. No, it's it's California in that in that universe. Truly, yeah. Uh, well, I'm so sorry to hear about the how the Ravenloft campaign came down. It's uh, so many people's experience with the game, unfortunately. And like for better or for worse, yeah, it's a game that relies on other people. And so anytime that's the case, you just, you're bound to run yeah. into some tricks. Uh, uh, every we once 100% in a while. 100% saw it coming and should have left sooner, but we left when we did and that's what matters. Um, but that's so like, yeah, we live and we learn, right? Like I feel like it's almost sure. unavoidable. I think it's almost unavoidable Honestly, yeah. and kind of just part of, you know, it's part of the hobby, I think almost. It, is Truly. It, it, it takes some trials yeah. and tribulations to find your table, but once you do, boy, yeah. It's like I, dating. It's a thing. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Like that, you will. You yeah, will it really show is. Show up at some tables, and you're like, "This is definitely not my vibe." And there's others that you're like, eh, "Kind of," but like maybe two of these people I could do without. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh-huh. you know, or it's like, uh-huh. "Oh, like I'll come and roll dice and like stab things, or you know, whatever." But I'm not gonna like. We're not getting into it. Like you know, it's just it's a different. It's not less, but it's just. Uh it's not as deep or not as emotionally yeah. vulnerable as there's different the, dynamics which, for people. Yeah. Like some people like the crunchy, the crunchy combat, oh, yeah. like numbers vibe. I had a campaign that I joined for like, it was a weekly Monday campaign and I was so excited because it like the DM pitched to me and he was like, Oh, it's in the Feywilds. And I was like the Feywilds you say, and I like <laughs> slid yeah. in there. Um, and I'm very much like, uh, I love developing lore for my character. I'm very like into the role play and the story and getting into the mm-hmm. nitty gritty of it. And then I joined the campaign and I realized that these are a bunch of goofballs and they just like to mm-hmm. like make haha jokes and uh, destroy this poor in- <laughs> DMs and PCs right in front of him. Yeah. Um, 
and and everyone's having a great time but then i'm like the the dm was doing so much to because he loved that i was so into my lore and my character but mm-hmm. he's trying to feed me these like really like deep lore like story moments as like mm-hmm. these haha moments are happening and i'm like the disconnect between what my character yeah. was going into it versus what the party yep. actually like enjoys playing um i was like this feels like a like a mismatch a little bit yeah. and eventually i'm like dissonance yeah, I'm not doing my character a service to what she was originally created for because now I'm trying to fit into this haha funny moment and trying to like oh. bob and weave these like hardcore stories. Yep. Like, yeah. 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 I hear that because there's no wrong way to play the game, right? Like no, just like you were saying. Sure. Yeah. So it really is about finding people who kind of vibe with your. It, and that's a fun thing about the game is finding out how to get the most out of it. You know what I mean? That's That's just part of the process too. And I have like, I mean, I have uh, different campaigns that that kind of scratch different ni- itches. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I I have one group of friends who I play with that really just love a dungeon crawl. Like, they're not so much about the role play. They just wanna they just want a hex crawl. Um, and you know, and so that's like a great outlet for that when I'm feeling, uh, uh, you know, like particularly crunchy. And so crunchy. yeah, it's always best to have a, a, a spread of options before you rather. Yes. Than, you know. But yeah, there's no wrong way to play the game and. Figuring out, yeah, how how it works best for you is a big part of entering into this crazy hobby. For sure. And I think right now we're entering this really, like, nice sweet spot that I like. Again, we we have a very, like, privileged table <laughs> because the once we started talking to more people in the space, we realized, like, okay, normally people don't play as long as we do. Mm-hmm. Normally people don't play, like, an in-person game. And then now it's becoming a situation of, like, all of my players are taking up the DM mantle like slowly yeah. but surely uh-huh. so i'm like i get to play more uh-huh. <laughs> so like yep. it's we get to have this nice little like roundabout situation that doesn't mm-hmm. typically happen because you normally have like the one person that runs the game and then everybody else so yeah. like, we're, we're just out here being and privileged we're all at our little back are planning to move back to the same city to like you like well Bex and I, who are currently out in austin are like planning th- this year to move back to houston so it's just like Sure would be a shame yeah. if we got to play more and now <laughs> oh, it's yeah. a band back together. That's great. Which will be nice, especially for like my vampire campaign, because we haven't been able to play that super regularly just because scheduling is hard. Um, and like getting, you know, time off and all that. But like when we're all in the same city again, then we can really like mm-hmm. get start that. knocking some sessions out. Yeah, boy, I tell you, the hardest part of D D isn't fighting monsters, it's just scheduling. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my it's god! It's the Google Calendar invites. Yeah, and that's, that's the real final boss. <laughs> yeah, this and is the a funny right, day. The, the last minute cancellations. Oh yeah, uh huh. Yeah, it's not even last minute cancellations for us. But this is I was like Doctor Strange in my calendar for like half the day today, trying to figure out because like back like she has to put in time like a month ahead, so we will book out sessions like several about three to four months in advance sure and like so we have to coordinate the four of us for the strict statement people and then teddy and chrissy who play in our alderon campaign we play on sunday yeah. so then it's like okay i'm in here i'm like let me strap this thinking cap on so tight because i was like i had dates and then i got it kind of fixed for strict haven and then i put it over in like <laughs> the channel for the alderon and and those dates didn't work and i'm like no 
Uh-huh. And so I'm just going back. And everyone's like, well, that's my mom's birthday <laughs> and this and this. And then the we're trying to make it. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. the best way to do it is just to throw a dart into the future and see where it lands and try your darndest to stick to it is really the only way to do it. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'll just hold. We just hold each other at gunpoint half the time. And it's like, this <laughs> yeah. is the date that we've picked. Affected. And nobody can cancel. Yeah. I don't care who called you and said that they need you. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're not on the ER. And I say, is I yeah. talking at myself? Because that has happened. That yeah. It better be your mom. And even then, put your mom on the phone with me and we'll get it sorted. These are the only reasonable <laughs> excuses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. You also mentioned, and we've talked about this before, but I would love to have that conversation with you. You mentioned about, like, inserting more, like, feminism into D&D. Mm. What does that mean for you? Well, <laughs> the reason that I wanted to run Curse of Strahd in the first place mm-hmm. the, is, is because I was playing in a campaign not even uh, I, I was playing in curse of strahd and spoilers out there for the curse of strahd module you know we get to that point my character was having a a, a nice romance with irena uh yeah. I, I, we were having the time of our lives really enjoying ourselves and then we get to freaking kresk i'm sure you know where this is going and they get to the lake and she gets eaten by the lake you know, Sergei comes out in the lake and she's like, oh, great. And then she goes and lives in a lake. And I, after that, I was, I was yeah. pretty molding. I'll be pretty honest. You were like, my you. beloved? Like, it was, lake. well, it was that. It was that. But then it was also like, I was furious because there's this whole, th- you know, the whole thing is like Strahd is like chasing this one woman across time and space. Yeah. But she doesn't remember him at all. Like, uh, no. the, the the book never makes mention that the character of Irina has any notion of uh, of her supposed past or any past interactions with Strahd. And I, li- I like that because then she, you know, it's just this monster chasing down this He's poor woman. He's just some guy. It's not like Stockholm Syndrome situation. Right? Yeah. I just, the hot premise hot. is weird. I, I just reject the premise that like she's yeah. the same person, right? I, mm-hmm. I, I reject it outright. And so, but then to get to the lake and have the brother come out of the lake and suddenly she's like, oh, now I remember. I would like to go live in a lake. I just thought that that was ridiculous. Yeah. I thought like, it was why so was that the switch that flipped for you? Like, why was it, of all the things in Barovia, why was it that? That she's like, ah, yes, this brother I had in a past life who I have no recollection of. Uh, yeah, it's sure. very confusing. But anyway, so that is, that. that like, I was so frustrated with that choice that it spurred me on to just dm the whole thing so i could change it and make it better Um, you like that (laughs) and so yeah that i mean but i also think like i don't know curse of strahd if you don't do it thoughtfully i think there's a lot there's there's some stuff that has not aged super well in there i mean there's the the whole visani obviously but just in its attitudes towards you know just having this you know vampire incel king ruling over a whole valley chasing this poor woman across it, yep. it, it, i There's just some red flags there it's are a field of poppies so the poppies are red flags mm-hmm. there are and the thing is i wanted to put those red flags on blast i wanted to serve like. those red flags honestly you know in ways that are reflective of our our own very real world you know and i, I wanted to not shy away from those harsh realities but instead explore them and not present them in a way that necessarily says this is the way to behave, this is not the way to behave, but but just to present the way that like this is why these characters have found themselves in these situations and and this is why they make the decisions that they do. Because I just yeah. always think it's more important than who has the right or wrong of anything is just that we 
understand and we can understand where people are coming from because if we can get if we can understand why people have landed where they have then it's easier to invoke compassion and understanding i think in those moments and so yeah the yeah. The, the 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 goal was not to use those sort of icky tropes to make people feel icky or just sort of say like this is bad behavior and this is a bad man and these people are bad but instead just to present these things kind of honestly and truly the way that we see them in our real world and just grapple with them you know and just like part of the horror of curse of strahd is that this man won't leave this woman alone you know like i i i kind of want to explore that you know what i mean it's so much diving deeper into his reasonings and why is it this particular woman why the obsession why Mm -hmm. the non-stop like chase Mm -hmm. over just him being like this is mine and yeah it will be mine (laughs) yeah it's like what motivates that and it goes back to the thing of like with a lot of horror like survival horror and of like oftentimes the most horrifying elements are the human elements or yeah, the, yeah. the things that people, just normal people do, are often the most horrific when you really get down to it. And so, like, mm-hmm. the parts of Strahd that are the most concerning is the vestiges that remain of his humanity, right? It's less yeah. about the fact that he's a vampire and, like, drinks people's blood to stay alive. Like, yeah. that's wild. But it's, it's the emotions not, he feels. Yeah, it's not the most interesting thing. And, like, I love stories and I, like, playing with stories and writing stories where like a lot most of the characters aren't good people because i think that's just a more interesting place to start and then it's like okay well why are they that way and why is it morality what it is and then you build from there and they either get worse or they get better but it starts at a fairly neutral ground like no one has the moral high ground really it's like we're all just kind of trying to do what we think is right and hope that that fits into like the greater narrative of what's right yeah, because that's more what life is, right? It's it's that very like history is told by the victors kind of thing, yeah. where it's like, is what you think correct, or like is that just what you know? Yeah, and everyone right. can be a villain in somebody else's story given the right mm-hmm. context, especially D and D parties. <laughs> that's certainly true. Yeah, yeah, that's certainly true. Yeah, I'm like that one goblin child you let live whenever you massacred this entire Shouldn't little town. That. They're gonna come back and bite you, and they have every gonna, right yeah, to. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, if you're gonna massacre the whole town, you gotta, you gotta commit to the bit. I saw a TikTok earlier. It was like, it was so animated. It was like, the audio was the like, look at the blood you spilled on the steps of Notre Dame. And like, that is yeah. in my head. <laughs> the like, the innocent NPC that did not have to die if you just talked to them. <laughs> It's like, I am innocent. She ran, I pursued. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, if that ain't most parties, yeah, yeah certainly true. Yeah, I just, I, I, I really, I wanted to present a, a, a rough and scary world where it is challenging to survive almost exclusively because of the depravity of this one person who has just run amok, you know. And I, yeah, I just wanted to present that honestly and truly, and you know, in a recognizable way. Because if we could recognize it and if we would experienced it in our life, uh, yeah, like you said, that's the that's the real horror. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think also it gives room for more creative solutions, I guess, because mm-hmm. once you start delving deeper into the reasonings behind these BBGs and like why are they the way they are, why are they doing the things that they're doing then that gives room for the characters to do more than just, I'm just going to go try and kill that guy at some point. Mm -hmm. 
It's mm-hmm. like, okay, are there are there ways that you could eventually like redeem them? Are there ways that you could eventually convince them to not do a thing? And like, I know whenever we did our Ravenloft campaign, there was we're going up against like all of these dreadlords and we're going to each of their domains and there's certain elements and, and points where we're like figuring out stuff about their reasonings. And there's some that we were like, I think we can turn them. <laughs> like yeah, if we, like, it's, a, it's a small chance, but if we play yeah. our cards right, I think we can get them on our side. And I find that just more, more interesting uh, of like a solution Definitely. rather than just like going gun ho. And right. Mm-hmm. Cause you still want to like the, the, you, you want your viewers or players or whoever else you want them to care about everybody. You know, you want them to care about the villain. You want them to care about the heroes. You want them to care about everybody because that's just what makes it more narratively interesting. If they feel like they have some skin in the game, it's going to spur them on to to more interesting choices, like you're saying, and uh, yeah, and 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 just better narrative. And so the the easiest way to get someone to care about a character is to just show their humanity. You know, Sh- show the show the under the hood because that's what we that's that's what folks connect to. Mm-hmm. If you can find the uh, those, you know, that's why we have characters like Tony Soprano, who is reprehensible. Um, but you see the 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 threads of humanity, and you put together the story of what made him the monster he is, and suddenly you've got someone who you want to learn more about, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that can go like, yeah. So my goal with Strahd is to is to bear all of it, the monstrous parts and the parts that are still human, and the flawed, like more human mm-hmm. parts. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. if those human parts are still just a bad human, pretty reprehensible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fitting great. Yeah, let me be explicitly clear. Like Strahd really? is the worst. He is a bad man. Yeah. I just yeah. want to make that explicitly clear. <laughs> this is not an I can fix him situation. <laughs> no, he's a monster. He he's a monster. Yeah, yeah. He has a sad uh, backstory, and he's a very bad bad man that cannot yeah. be yeah. fixed and doesn't want to be fixed. No, no. no. Maybe, maybe uh, I don't. Yeah, I think you were. Yeah, he's past the point at this. At this. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a lot they... of nat twenties in a row. You are gonna have to roll. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> at that point. Because also, just like, what's he gonna do? Walk back out into Barovia and be like, "Hey, everybody, J.K. So sorry you know, about the centuries of work. I um, have been doing some real self reflection. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what is that? Like, if this you're that far in, that I'm like, yeah, it's like I You've guess been this is atomic habits. <laughs> <laughs> just a bunch of self-help books yeah. <laughs> in the library <laughs> god no. i did want to ask and this is something that like i'm starting to encounter more as a dm and like a new baby dm and whether you can help me as a as a fellow dm or just as an actor yeah i am a recovering people pleaser and so many times that I've encountered, like when I'm, we're starting to get into BBEG territory or like we just had like our big first arc and now we're kind of crawling back up again. But I'm playing a lot of less than great characters in this person's family. They're very like Malfoy coded, very toxic mm-hmm. family situations. Sometimes I'm noticing that I'm having issues playing characters that are meant to be mean or like toxic towards my players because like there's sure. a brain split of like these are my friends and I'm causing discomfort versus like I'm I need to tell this story and do these characters justice. Do you encounter that when you DM or like how do you deal with it if you do? 
that's a great that that's a great question, <laughs> and, and I, that is absolutely something that that I suffer from as well. I I, I I always want them to win. You know what I mean? That's a great question. Can, may I ask what is it that you find? What is it that kind of stops you up, or like what is it that that makes it challenging for you? I think there's moments like I'll I'll cite one from like Mariah's character's arc. There's moments where I know I'm like describing a scene that's particularly like horrific it is particularly like emotionally traumatizing for her character and like stirring some real emotions like mariah cried several times (laughs) and i cried also but there's moments of like me describing those scenes and seeing that moment of discomfort in her or other like players because it's like it's a rough scene and knowing that i need to keep going <laughs> because it's it's that is the atmosphere that is the energy of like the the room we're in in the studio today and sometimes i like catch myself wanting to like reel it back mm-hmm. if that makes sense absolutely yeah that's a great question and yeah it, it yeah it's something that the instinct to be mindful of that is 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 absolutely great yeah you, you want to be checking in with players constantly just to make sure you know yeah that that, that lines aren't being crossed and everyone is still in a comfortable place yeah, I would say first things first, which I mean, it already seems like y'all have like that trusting environment like we were talking at, uh, at the beginning of the game or uh, sorry, at the beginning of our interview here, <laughs> like that understanding that this is a safe place, uh, you know, and to your point, like, you know, there is implicit trust at our table, which is why I felt comfortable getting up and, you know, doing that, 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 mm-hmm. that Strahd scene where I got up and walked around, you know. And so if that if that implicit trust is there. I, I I think you're safe. You're safe stepping into that territory. And what I have found from a lot of my players, and it's something that you want to you want to keep in in communication about. But like they love it. They love being emotionally <laughs> like, distraught. I, I register it. Like every time I ask was after the fact, they're like that. they literally yeah. at the end of that that arc. Mm-hmm. Like I asked Mariah and I asked everybody else. I was like, huh, everyone like, cool, everyone okay, nope. and they're like, this is. Yeah period yeah. the best D game i've ever played yeah. and i was like cool <laughs> people want to yeah. people want to feel that right they want to be stirred to those emotional heights and i think like as long as it is approached with that notion of safety in mind and with the understanding that you know like if anybody needs you can just like call it you, we have a safe word at our table for for circumstances like that mm-hmm. we've luckily never had to invoke but like it's just good knowing that it's there, but yeah, I, I, I've been told to go further sometimes. So like, I know yeah. it feels yucky, uh, and, and that's probably just by virtue. If you're anything like me, it's just by virtue of just being a, a being a good a person. nicer a yeah, person who swings towards person. the nice end of the spectrum more than yeah. anything else. But yeah, if there's that trust there, I would say go for it. You know, and, and check in with your players and have open lines of communication. It's such an important, important, important part of D and D is is just the the checking in. But if you're if you're doing that and you have a safe, if you have like an air of safety at your table, I think you're 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 good to go whole hog. And just trust that if something, a big part of that is, you know, never assuming what someone else can handle. Like, just trust that if it ever, if if something ever becomes too much for someone, they'll let you know, you know? For so, sure. uh, yeah, just lean in and don't assume what other people can handle and trust that they'll let, they'll, they will make their needs known to you if, if need be. For sure. I think, yeah, there's, there's describing uncomfortable scenes and like seeing the discomfort and i'm like should i reel this back but then like i know this is what they came here for yeah they want um and then like right now what i'm facing is like for example we just had like a 
our, our ball session where it's pre like the big ball and they're kind of in that like little soiree, like mingling, socializing and, and whatever, and like kind of scoping out everybody. And by the end of it, like there was a moment where like, you know, the, the main noble girl, she's kind of scoping out all of the other like noble children. And I say children, they're all like 20 something, but all of like the eligible, like marriageable options Candidates, and stuff for, yeah. Yeah, the candidates. Uh-huh. Um, sure. right. And the realizing that I played all of them like very friendly or like very, you know, like I, I don't think there was many. People. They were all lovely they people. Were great. And they were great that's just part around. of me. Like I was genuinely just enjoying the vibes. And then I'm like, I forgot to play assholes up in here. <laughs> you still have a few. I really I'm have to bring in some assholes next session. <laughs> yeah. I really get that. I really, really do understand. Like, I, I have had that same thought uh, uh, to myself many times. Like, do I need to, like, ramp them? Am I being too nice? Part of why I love Curse of Strahd is because I get the chance to play Count Strahd von It give, gives you the reason, yeah. yeah. Which is just, I, 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 it's just a meal that I just really love to sink my teeth into. I've always loved vampires. I've always loved, vampire media has been a huge so part good. of my sort of, like, creative understanding the the Scott the 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 Stephen Summers like two thousand five Van Helsing movie is maybe my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> incredible, incredible. Yeah, and so then yeah, to have a chance to play a villain who is like so over the top and flamboyant and fun, but also really scary and dangerous and like can kind of turn on the can turn on a dime like that, you know, is just is 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 really exciting. It's a it's a real me- meal for me as a performer and an actor. And a chance to to yeah get a little me be a little mean every now and again. I love that. You know what? It, it, I almost equate it to like how I can't be mean to video game characters in places in it, games yeah. that I have choices. It's the it's thing. I know. It's, I know. <laughs> every I, time I load up Baldur's Gate, I'm like, all right, I'm doing the villain run this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> it's hard it's so hard it's so or even different. yeah you're like i'll i'll do heinous things but in conversation i will still be polite because i'm so yeah but i don't want to make anybody be rude <laughs> yeah i'll slaughter the whole town but i don't want to make anybody feel bad yeah yeah but i can't be rude to the shopkeep i'm not a monster <laughs> yeah, like, i'm not an animal God, as i'm wiping goblin burn. blood off my <laughs> Ain't that just the way? Ain't that just the way? <laughs> oh my god, Ollie! I kind of have a question about that topic. Mm-hmm. Was it harder for you? Because like with with Anya's arc finale, it was more like there were some manipulation, a certain amount of like psychological horror, and I think some of that mm-hmm. we're still playing around with in like our out of session role play. But for her big like finale finale, it was more body horror than it in like yeah. horror and things like that than anything. But for like. The ball, the bloodstone ball, it is very much like manipulation and psych like psychological tension and mm-hmm. drama and you know, leaning into unhealthy tendencies that like we have both experienced in our life with people mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. have trauma from. But then it's like, oh cool, now we are gonna like you're going to have to do that. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah. which has been hard like harder. We haven't gotten into the nitty gritty of that's true. Um, I'm scared for I have the no social idea what aspects. Yeah. And like I'm I'm someone that has done a lot of healing in my life and I am scared yep. to tap into that. <laughs> A little bit. Uh, shame if you just use that as an outlet. Right. Just like all this pent up shit. Like I've been the better person throughout the course of my entire life. What if right. I just wasn't? <laughs> what if indeed? What if yeah. indeed? 
Which uh, it's like it's so wild because I'm trying to think like obviously Anya's Anya's my character. I knew roughly where her arc was gonna end. I knew the gist of like what the type of trauma we were gonna see was gonna be. Mm-hmm. And with this arc, I'm like, I know a few things, and I'm like, how is this all gonna go to hell in a handbasket? Because I know it's going to. It always does. But I'm like, how? <laughs> it's really fun because Bex knows the things that she's that like more than obviously everybody else at the table, and she has also still not caught on. And that that's makes poor. me that's really poor. excited. That's bad to that's bad to think about. That's, <laughs> that's a thing that you just said is bad to think about. Yeah, there's already things that I'm like laying the groundwork for. And she is like, she said something last session that I was like, she is completely on the wrong train. <laughs> she she missed the fucking exit. Ruh-ruh. And I was like, this is going to be good. Good luck, everybody. I hate I hate that so much. I hate that more than Anya's mutilated stitched together parent corpse body thing. <laughs> I hate it's going it. to be good. It's going to be good. It does, yeah, it does have me excited. Isn't that an amazing game we play? Uh, an amazing yeah. hobby we have where we just Wild are here. just incentivized to be so cruel to our friends. It's just it's <laughs> Literally. just a good motivation to flirt with my friends and traumatize my friends. We have a sticker <laughs> yeah, in our I'd... Etsy store that says D&D, the game where you cast spells and kiss your friends. <laughs> yes, yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Do you have any like crazy stories from your home games? From home games? Or what is like the biggest curveball you've ever been thrown as a DM and you're like, shit. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, uh, that's great. Well, let me think. Hmm. Curveballs. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, one of my fa- one of my favorite uh, sort of like panic scramble moments as a DM is something we, uh, you know, we all know very well, I'm sure. It's when, you know, your players get to an, a, a location that you think is just going to be a stopover where they do a long rest. But then inevitably, they... they, they <laughs> no um, stone unturned. They get so fix, hyper fixated on something, right? And They're like, th- I love this tiny little town. <laughs> yeah, I know, and- right? And so, yeah, this was one of those places I thought they were just going to rest, you know, rest and to get a long rest and then on their way out. But they started walking around and they were, you know, listening for rumors. And, you know, so I was just like off the top of my head, you know, I was just pulling stuff out of the ether. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, there's there's an island in the river near town. And strange enough, a, an opera singer has gone missing lately, you know, da, 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 da. but they just got hyper, fix, they got hyper fixated on it. And so then the whole thing turned into this where they, you know, sailed across this island and the whole thing turned into there was this troll that had eaten an opera singer. And so now he could sing opera and they instantly fell in love with him, of course. And and they threw him a whole concert. I don't know. And it ended up taking That's like incredible. two whole sessions. You know what I mean? To to get to get there. Like the patron troll the eating an opera singer like a dog eating the squeaky part of a chew toy. It was like, right. And just... now he can sing opera. Exactly. <laughs> he had learned that. Bartrolli was his name. <laughs> Wait, Bartrolli? Yeah, Bartrolli. Like Bartoli, the famous opera singer. Mm, and, and, I love. I love <laughs> that. Oh my god. But yeah, I don't know. It's just such a that's the great thing about D&D is some of your some of your best moments can come out. You know, you no matter how much planning you do, so always your best moments will just come from just nowhere, you know? Yep. That's part of the magic of the game. Yeah, Jesus. They they be throwing me some some crazy ass curveballs cuz like especially cuz we play we play Strixhaven and it's like a very it's Strixhaven by the skin of its teeth cuz it's basically just like I took the university bit and we're just running into the fields now um but there's times whenever like 
the sessions are a little more structured in the sense of like for my prep, I'm like, okay, if we're doing the more classroom style days, it's like, okay, you go to these classrooms. So think about like where you're, you're going to go and what club you're going to attend. And that way I can like kind of plan the day a little mm-hmm. bit. And there will be random situations in between. And yeah. then there's just moments where like, I remember with Bex's character, she's supposed to have a very unhealthy relationship with like all of her siblings. And so I had this older brother that I was fully planning on being like, you know, just like a fuck boy yeah. type deal and like bullies her a little bit. And like we had little tidbits of that, but then she like randomly decided she's like, I'm going to go see Narian. And I was like, mm-hmm. you're going to do it now? What? Okay. <laughs> yeah. For what? I don't fucking know. We're going off script, but bet. And so she goes to see him. And this man, this man, this character of mine rolls like a goofus every single time. And so every time I'm trying to make him just be deceptive or or whatever, say face, anything, natties, nat ones, every time. And they just This character is my character's ex. Uh, Yeah, it's messy. Oh, the Um, drama. Scandal. The drama and the tea and the scandal. (laughs) But yeah, and that's the one that's getting engaged right now. Oh, boy. I'm sure there are no complicated (laughs) feelings about that. None. None <laughs> nothing's happened nothing's, nothing's happened she definitely didn't fuck him in the hedge maze oops no it's all good but like she He's went over there and like the way that the dice were rolling just ended in like a like a really heartwarming scene of them admitting how fucked up their family is oh. and that they have to like keep these masks up and she's like i don't know how to do it and so he's like i can teach you and like they both just agreed to forgive each other for the things oh, they have to say go. to each other publicly Sweet. and i was like i love that that happened but it's also something i never like planned or expected yeah. and i was like i thought we were gonna yeah. have to like go real far before this little relationship developed mm-hmm. but it's it's such a pleasant surprise whenever whenever things like that kind of just pop up yeah and it's my greatest pleasure as a dm those moments where you just get you sit back and, you know, the the, the players get the spin themselves up into a frenzy and they're just all role playing and you just it's free television. At it's that the point. best feeling there is. Yeah, it's the best <laughs> feeling there is. I think last session I had a moment where like they're they're going, you know, on a whole on a whole thing. And then I'm sitting there for like probably a good 30 to 40 minutes. And then as they're talking about what they're doing, I was like, wait, hold on. Y'all need to like roll shit. Like I forgot I have to DM. Like, wait, I forgot I'm DMing. Because <laughs> yeah, like we were all bickering and like you were playing Narian at that point. So you were chiming in here and there, but it was mostly like the three party members, like us just going back and forth and like yeah and you're being like we gotta sneak back to the hedge maze we gotta make sure there's no evidence and da 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 whatever and you're like cool (laughs) bet we're gonna go and i was like i was about to just let y'all do it and i'll be like no yeah y'all have to roll stealth checks like y'all can't just be (laughs) oh yeah we're playing a game like yeah yeah, i forgot forgot my bad my bad bad. i'm like turn into a mouse get in somebody's pocket like we need to (laughs) get out of here uh yeah but it's 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 good shit and like on top of that like i think the moments of I'm so happy that we've cultivated that within our own specific group. But I also love the moments where, like, I introduce somebody new to the hobby mm-hmm. who, like, has never played, doesn't get it, and all that. And, like, the moment that it clicks for them, that is, like, crap to me. Yeah. I was like, it's good I got you, you now. <laughs> like, you're you're now in this forever. <laughs> <laughs> now you can't escape. <laughs> no, I know. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. A, a lot of people have said to me, like, oh, my, you, you're watching the strong kid the strong cast is what got me into into playing and i'm just always so grateful for that one because you know it's it's my favorite hobby i i, I love 
bringing people into it, but also it just means there's more people out there doing it. So there's more tables, more opportunities to form friends and groups. And yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I think it's a powerful thing, d and I, I really do. It's, it's an art form that I really believe in. And, and, and I have seen it affect such positive a change in people. It's so great to help build confidence and think on your feet and form friendships. And I, I just think it, it, it stretches a lot of really helpful muscles for people. I should be able to put it on my resume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, that's my only quip is that like, I can't professionally yet and be like, well, yes. you see, I have all these Let skills. Me. I have uh -huh. a very particular set of skills. And how do I phrase this professionally? <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. I'm currently working on getting my boss to agree to the fact to let me DM for a bunch of our coworkers because a lot of them are, they either play D&D or they have loved to learn about D&D and want to play it very desperately. And I'm like, think of it as like team building exercises. Yeah. <laughs> Office bonding. Exactly. Office bonding. We've got so much space. Look at this giant table that you just have it here. Yeah, yeah. it's perfect. It'd be a waste just, not to use it. Come on. Yeah, I already have the key. You don't even got to be there. Actually, it, I'd prefer you not. It'd be be better if you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to DM for you. I'm so sorry. Right. No. <laughs> we don't have that relationship. Maybe next no, time. No, 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 no. <laughs> I have also like with the the Magnus archives like role play, like I am absolutely feral waiting for that to to reach my grubby little paws and I have like talked about running that for some of my coworkers like which I'm, I'm realizing now I just said I don't think I could run anything online and that would be online. So I would have to get over that very quickly if I actually get held to that standard. But I have I have converted quite a few people into the I'm dragging people in that fandom left and right because I need people to yell about it, too. Mm. And so it might it might happen. It's the good food. It? Have you only ever played d and I mean, I know you mentioned y'all tried Overgrown, but like, have you ever ran another system as like a long-term thing? I've never ran uh, anything else. I've played a bunch of other systems. Um, you know, just in terms of goon stuff, we have done Call of Cthulhu on Twitch. Um, and we have also done Delta Green. We're about to start uh, season two of our Delta Green uh, campaign mm -hmm. on Twitch. Uh, starting February 19th, uh, Mondays at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So come check that out if you want. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we've, we, we, uh, there's, that's the great, that's the great thing about, you know, it's a great time to get into tabletop role playing because there's just so much great stuff out there. You know, if D&D oh, yeah. doesn't, doesn't, if D&D is too much of something or let not enough of another thing, I mean, there's a system out there that'll, that'll pretty much hit your Goldilocks zone, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, there's just so much great stuff out there. That's awesome. Yeah, we, it looks like we are coming up on time here, but this was so lovely and such a this wonderful was. conversation to have, and I'm so grateful that you <laughs> that you agreed to come on. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I was so It was so great. I was so uh, excited that we got to meet at, uh, at PAX, oh and God. yeah, that we finally <laughs> so were able were we. to, to get here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the speed at which I was like, I saw your Instagram story and you had a booth. I was like, we're, I don't like, care what we're somewhere. doing, we're going. <laughs> <laughs> there's somewhere. Yeah. Uh, me creeping on your on your Instagram being yeah. like, okay, the booth is here. What's around the booth? Where can yeah. we find the booth? <laughs> like zooming in, be like, here's the symbol behind, like, we will find you. <laughs> well, thanks for coming <laughs> to find Sending a drone over. Yeah. <laughs> Huzzah. Yeah. Uh, well, you. thanks so much. Uh, this was a delight. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Thank you so much for coming. And this is wild. Yeah, just do give a quick little outro again and remind our viewers who you are and where they can find you and plug away any exciting projects you got coming up. 
So yeah, again, we are Critical Fail DM. That's F-A-Y-L-E DM. We do all sorts of stuff. Our Strodcast is what we're most famous for. You can find that uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you can find podcasts, really. we You can look us up on Twitch at Critical Fail DM and on YouTube. We have a lot of full-length videos of some of our sessions on YouTube. And we will be starting, uh, like I said, our season two of Goon Files, which is our Delta mm. Green campaign starting February 19th. So we would love to have you come check us out for that. Thanks so much. Absolutely. And thank you guys again so much for listening and we'll see y'all next time. Bye. Take care. Table Talk is a podcast brought to you by Mythos Media Productions, bringing you a new episode every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on Instagram and TikTok at Table Talk RPG or check us out at our website, mythosmediaproductions.godaddysites.com. All business inquiries can reach out to us via email at info at mythosmediaproductions.com.